What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Does not wisdom call out? Does not understanding raise her voice? At the highest point along the way, where the path meets, she takes her stand. Beside the gate leading into the city, at the entrance, she cries out, To you, O people, I call out. I raise my voice to all mankind. You who are simple, gain prudence. You who are foolish, set your hearts on it. Listen, for I have trustworthy things to say. I open my lips to speak what is right. Proverbs 8, 1 through 6. All right, ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, thank you for joining me for yet another Legion of Michael podcast. I am your host, Paul Markle, and of course, as always, I thank you for sharing this, for leaving reviews, for telling your friends and neighbors and children or parents or whomever about this show so that we can help it to grow. And yes, indeed, you are the ones who are going to help this show grow by leaving reviews and by sharing it and so on and so forth. And if you're listening on Spotify or iHeartRadio or iTunes or whatever, there is a share button. If you're listening on your phone or your iPad or what have you, you can click that share button and you can send this show directly to whomever it is you believe needs to hear it. All right, last week I teased you guys a little bit. I told you that we were going to talk about covetousness or the sin of coveting. Thou shalt not covet. You say, wow, what's this all about? When we talk about the Ten Commandments, often, you know, we, we, we focus on the big ones, right? You know, thou shalt not commit murder, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, and so on and so forth. We often skip right over the covetousness part. Now, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17, it says, You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife 
or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Now, depending on whether you were raised in the Roman Catholic Church or in a Protestant church, uh, the Lutheran church or whatever, the the commandments sometimes are, well, they're not always in the same order, but the fact is they're always there. Uh, for instance, what I have in my hand today, I have Martin Luther's Small Catechism. This is Martin Luther's Small Catechism. It is the hardback uh, blue-covered book for those of you who are Lutherans who dig what I'm squealing. And this one was copywritten in 1943. So on page 7, it says, The Ninth Commandment. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house. And this is the definition. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we may not craftily seek to gain our neighbor's inheritance or house, nor obtain it by a show of right, but help and be of service to him in keeping it. And then in uh, Luther's uh, small catechism, it says, The Tenth Commandment, Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his cattle, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. What does this mean? We should fear and love God that we may not estrange, force, or entice away our neighbor's wife, servants, or cattle, but urge them to stay and do their duty. A lot of people, I believe, view covetousness. They say, well, what does it mean to covet? People say, oh, it means to be jealous. Or it means to be envious. I wish I had that. And to a certain extent, envy and jealousy do come into play. But if you consider what it actually means to covet, it doesn't just mean to be jealous or to be envious. And I think many Christians, I think many Christians will kind of well, they'll gloss over the last couple of commandments. They're like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be envious or jealous of your neighbor. Uh, and that's a bad thing, so we won't, we won't do it or we won't talk about it. But what they don't understand is covetousness doesn't just mean to be jealous. It doesn't just mean to be envious. It means to actively seek to gain your neighbor's whatever your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, their manservant, their their ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Oh. Well, that's stealing, right? Well, no, not necessarily. But because through covetousness, what people will do is they will actively seek to, quote, unquote, legally gain their neighbor's property. Why is the sin of covetousness so dangerous to our society, and where does this sin lead us? Now, you see, you say, well, if covetousness is stealing, we already covered that one. That was already covered in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not steal. Pretty easy. We all understand what that means. Bingo, bango, bongo. Um, so why do we need another one? Well, because God knows us better than ourselves. God knows us better than we know ourselves. And you say, well, if I am driving down the highway in my major city, 
and I see the billboard for Dewey Cheatham and Howe, uh, or Smith, Smith, and Walensky, we'll steal your neighbor's property for you. Sue them. Been injured in a big rig accident? Call us. Have you been injured? Call us. The back of the phone book, when you used to get a phone book, most of you don't get phone books anymore, but the back of the phone book was covered with an ad for whom? A tort lawyer. That's right. Dewey Cheatham and Howe, Smith, Smith, and Jones, attorneys at law. Have you been injured? Whatever. Uh, call us. How about daytime television? All right, first of all, I don't watch daytime television, but I have in the past been in a circumstance where it was the middle of the day and a television was on, and I saw what was happening. I saw what was going on on that television. Every other commercial was for a tort lawyer. Uh, have you taken, uh, did you take uh, derp a derp a derp between 1999 and 2007? If so, you may be entitled to compensation. Did you receive such and such surgery, blah, blah, blah? If so, you might be entitled to compensation. Call us now. Free consultation. You say, well, you know, that's, that doesn't hurt my neighbor, Paul. That just, that's just the, we're going after the, these big corporations and we're going after these insurance companies because you're never, ever, ever going after a big corporation you're going after the corporation's insurance company because that's who's going to pay out the claim, right? And that's a victimless crime, right? No, it's not. Where do, insur- where do insurance companies get their money? Well, what do you mean? They, well, they get it from their customers, right? So customers, but who are the customers of the insurance company? Uh, the people. Yeah, the people, your neighbor. Now, when I was a little kid in Sunday school, you know, I, when, when I was, we were going through, of course, the Ten Commandments, and they talked about your neighbor. When you're a little kid, when you're five or six or seven, whatever, and someone says neighbor, you equate that to the person who lives next door, right? The person who lives across the street. Your best friend who lives right across the street is your neighbor. But is that what God meant in Exodus when he handed Moses the Ten Commandments? Did he mean the guy who lives next door to you, the guy who lives down the street or across the street? That's your neighbor. Or did he mean the entire community, all of the society in which you live? Everyone you encounter on a daily basis is your neighbor. So if you are, if you call that 1-800 number and talk to Dewey Cheatham and Howe, if you call those guys and they form a suit on your behalf against the insurance company, the insurance company pays out, where does the insurance company recover that money? What do you mean recover the money? Well, they have to recover it somehow. There's not just a great big pile of money in a warehouse somewhere. 
Every corporation, every company, every government gets its money from somewhere. And that somewhere is your neighbor. There are no big warehouses full of cash that are just laying there. All the money, whether it's money from an insurance company, money from a corporation, or money from a government, comes from your neighbor. That's right. And you say, well, I don't care. I got mine. I don't care if all my neighbor's insurance rates go up because I got mine. I got paid. Da, 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 da. What happens when a society encourages covetousness? What happens to that society? Your mind desires most what your heart will worship first. Or what your mind desires most is what your heart will worship first. Where are your priorities? We talked about this briefly in a previous episode. I talked about how my daughter was involved in a car accident that was not her fault. Someone else was at fault. And she could have, you know, called that number on the billboard. I've been injured in an accident. Now, she wasn't physically injured. Her car was damaged, and it had to be replaced. It was totaled. Uh, but she wasn't physically injured. But how often does that actually matter? How often does real physical injury actually matter? Be like, oh, I was in a car crash. My car was wrecked. I call this attorney. We're going to sue them. We're going to sue their insurance company for damages and, and yada, 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 and this and that. And, but my daughter didn't do that. She did not take that tact. They worked with the normal through the normal insurance channels. They didn't get attorneys involved and sue. And what happened was my daughter, actually the person who hit my daughter, not only did their insurance company pay to replace the car, but that person helped my daughter to find another car that actually she was able to purchase, and it was a better car than the one she was driving. So, yes, it was inconvenient. It was not fun. It wasn't a good experience. It wasn't an experience that you'd want to go through. But at the end of that experience, she ended up with a blessing. She ended up with a better, more reliable car than she had in the first place. Now, many people say, well, that's foolish. She could have had more money. She could have had a better car. She could have sued. When you decide that you're going to go with the tort lawyers, you're going to go with the attorneys, and you're going to sue to try and get what you've got coming to you. What actually is coming to you? You see, if you're a faithful person, if you're a person of faith, if you believe that God is your father and that he will take care of you, and we've been reminded of that numerous times, consider the lilies of the field, consider the birds of the air. God, your father, feeds them every day. Are you not more important than a sparrow? Are you not more important than a flower? He will take care of you. He has promised that he will take care of you if you are his children. And when you rely upon those men, where is your heart? Where is your mind? Where is your desire? 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Does the state, the government, sin by inspiring and encouraging covetousness? You say, oh, no, Paul, the the state doesn't inspire or encourage covetousness. What do you think the welfare program is? Well, what do you mean? It's it's fair and it's nice and and, and it's, I mean, that's what we have to do. If, If you're a Christian... You should be for government welfare. You should be for the welfare system because it's only right to give unto those that don't have. What happens to a society? What happens to a community? What happens to a family or an individual person when they get money, when they're given money that they did not work for? You say, oh, they're, they're eternally grateful. Are they eternally grateful once, or are they eternally grateful for the rest of their lives? Mm, Where are you getting at, Paul? Look at our inner cities. Look at our major cities. Every major city in the United States of America is, is the equivalent of a socialist welfare state. You've got Minneapolis. You've got St. Louis. You've got Philadelphia. You have Chicago. Are those cities good places? Are they productive places? Are they crime-free places? Or are they filled with ghettos and poverty and crime? Well, that's not that doesn't have anything to do with with welfare system. Does it not? When you worship money, instead of worshiping your God and desire money above all else, where is your heart? You see, the desire for money and the worship of money and objects leads directly to theft and to crime because those people who are committing those crimes desire money and things more than they do their Lord. They don't even think of that. You cannot encourage covetousness and expect to have a functioning society. Ladies and gentlemen, commandments 9 and 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife or maidservant or manservant or ox or donkey or anything that is thy neighbor's. God knows us better than we know ourselves. Covetousness is a sin. When you seek and desire to legally take your neighbor's property, that is covetousness and that is a sin. Tort lawyers who are encouraging people to sue their neighbors, trucking companies, insurance companies, whatever, are committing sin. 
They are encouraging others to commit sin. When the state takes the money away from your neighbors, that's not just the people that live next door to you. That's the people in your society, the people in your community. When Whether it's the state government or the federal government or the city government, when they take money away from your neighbor and give it to you, they are engaging in covetousness. They are encouraging covetousness. You say, well, it's only fair. No, it's not. There is no such. Fair is where you go to ride on the Ferris wheel and eat cotton candy. Fair is where you go to pet the animals and, uh, you know, eat fried dough. Fair is not part of our world or our lexicon. How is it fair to have the government at the point of a gun steal your neighbor's money and give it to you? That is covetousness. That is the sin of covetousness. And when a state encourages that, when a government encourages that, when a government says to one group of people, we will steal the money from your neighbors and we will give it to you, that is encouraging sin. Ladies and gentlemen, We need to stop trying to lean on our own understanding and lean on our God instead. Socialism leads to covetousness, and it is the pathway to sin. Socialism says it's not fair that certain people have more money or objects or things that you you do. So what we will do is we will allow the government, we will allow the state to step in and even the playing field, level the playing field, even the game up. They're going to tax your neighbors, which is theft, because that's the government pointing a gun at you and saying, if you don't give us your money, we will send men with guns to arrest you and haul you before a judge. Yes. That's exactly what that is. And we will give it to other people, people who have promised to worship us. You see, when you look to the state for your daily bread, you are worshiping the state. You are not worshiping your God. You are violating commandment number one. A man cannot serve two masters. For he will love one and despise the other and cling to one and hate the other. No, 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 Paul. Just because people look to the government to give them free money doesn't mean they're worshiping the state, does it not? Is that not a compact between the state and the slave? the state and the citizen, we will steal your neighbor's money for you. Remember, it's if the state gives you the money, it's not stealing. You didn't commit. You say, well, I didn't actually commit the sin of stealing because the state gave me my neighbor's money, and they gave it. They passed a law. They made it legal. 
You see, covetousness does not say, well, if the state makes it legal, it's okay to take your neighbor's property. And your neighbor's money is your neighbor's property. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a reason why those commandments are there. Because our God knows us better than we know ourselves. Our God knows that that what we desire most, that is where our hearts will be. And when we desire money, we desire goods, we desire our we scheme to take our neighbor's property. You say, well, but I, I but it wasn't illegal. The state's not going to charge me or throw me in jail because I got an attorney and I took my neighbor to court and I forced my neighbor to give me. So that wasn't stealing. No, it wasn't, but it sure as heck fire was covetousness and covetousness is a sin. And I believe that the reason that many Christians or people who call themselves Christians kind of ignore or gloss over the ninth and 10th commandments because they believe it's a victimless crime. What they believe is, well, you know, coveting means to be jealous or means to be envious. And, you know, envious, if you're envious, it doesn't, it's a victimless crime. It doesn't hurt anyone else. But you see, that's not what covetousness is. It's not just jealousy. It's not just envy. It begins with those, and that is what socialism leads to. You see, socialism tells people that others have more than you, and that's not right. They got it unfairly, or they were lucky, or they cheated, or what have you. And that's not right. But don't worry. If you worship the state, and that is exactly what socialism leads to, It leads to a worship of the state, a worship of the government, which is sin. Then the state will give you. The state will take away from others and will give to you. And ladies and gentlemen, that is covetousness. Every time you drive down the highway and see a billboard for Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, the tort lawyers... Have you been injured in a big an 18-wheeler accident? Call us. We'll sue. That is covetousness. You cannot have a whole functioning society when people covet and desire their neighbor's property. When people engage in covetousness, you cannot have a productive Christian society. What you have instead is you have masses of selfish, self-absorbed people who want their neighbor's property and they want the government to give it to them. Our God knew us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Stop trying to lean on your own understanding. Ladies and gentlemen, next time your neighbor says something about fair or your neighbor says something about wouldn't it be right if the you know the government needs to blank that leads directly to covetous behavior which is a sin and if you have a government if you have a state that is encouraging others to take their neighbor's property or who tells them we will give you money 
That money comes from your neighbors. That is covetousness and that is sin. And any government or state or government representative or state representative or king or president or governor who steals the money from others and dispenses it out to other people to, is committing sin. And that is a sinful government. And if you support that government, if you support that state, you are committing sin. It's as simple as that. Whether it makes you uncomfortable or not does not matter. Ten Commandments weren't put in place to make you comfortable. They are the rules that we were given by our God, and if we follow those, we will have a good life. We will have a wholesome life. We will have a functioning society. But when we lean on our own understanding and we think that we are smarter than our God, that is when we run into problems. And when you see the crime and the poverty, you say, but there can't be poverty because we've transferred a trillion dollars from those who produce to those who have not over the last 50 years. How is there still poverty? You see, covetousness does not eliminate poverty. It just creates more of it. Imagine that. Imagine that. Ladies and gentlemen, the moral of today is that the lesson is that there is a reason why Commandments 9 and 10 exist. Covetousness is a sin, and we see it everywhere, even though we may not recognize it. It is time for you to start recognizing covetousness as a sin and call it out where you encounter it. Let us go ahead and finish up today. Remember, you can always go to legionofmichael.com and sign up for the training. The Legion of Michael book is available right now on Amazon as a Kindle, as a paperback, and you can get hard copies at studentofthegun.shopsotg.com if you want a, not a hard copy, I'm sorry, an autographed copy. Yes, indeed. We're going to finish today with the warrior's prayer. Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.